0: W-N-U-L-F-M. Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. This is Sports View, WNUL's premier sports talk show, featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM eighty-eight Sports Team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View.
1: Good evening, and welcome into Sports View. Andrew Rogers and Justin Zimmer here with new Marshall Athletic Director Christian Spears. Mr. Spears, thanks for taking the time uh, to
2: chat with us this evening on Sports View. I know you've got a busy schedule. Now, yeah, realize. here we are, day thirty-eight, and I've finally made it to your show. Andrew, it took a little bit of long, a little bit of time. Justin, yep. I know you invited me on day one. Yeah. But So it took 38 days, but thank you guys yep. for having me on. You're still keeping track day by day now. <laughs> I am, you know, because we've got to accomplish everything. We gotta, there's so much to do here, so much opportunity, uh, so much fun to be had, so much engagement with this community, such an opportunity to build on our brand. So, yeah, I do. How much did we get done today on day 38? I, I had an unbelievable day 37. I went to Charleston, and I met with our senators, with Brad, mm-hmm. uh, at the Bill No Flight School. I don't know if you guys have been out there have you guys been out there
3: no we're not
2: so it's this unbelievable facility where we're training future pilots and our students uh, in that program Mm -hmm. were there for the senators and they were just so engaging and really know what they're doing like i'd feel really comfortable being in a plane with them (laughs) flying across the united states and i think our senators would too Um, and gosh we have inspired leadership in west virginia just tremendous people so really enjoyed day 37 immensely
1: So 38 days now into the job as being an athletic director, first athletic director position for you as well, although you've got uh, previous experience. Mm -hmm. So what's the transition been like here in the first month and a half or month month, and just a few days into the new month here?
2: Yeah, when you take on a new athletic director role, you think maybe I've been prepared and I'm ready. And then you get involved in it and you start to understand the day to day nuances and some of the political acumen you have to have. And then you realize, gosh, maybe I was not (laughs) ready. There's a lot involved right and making sure everyone is informed understands what we're doing report to a board of governors you know have a structured uh, process with the president my own the our own internal staff trying to get them on board and engaged with with the plan and what we're going to try to accomplish so there's a lot involved uh, but you know you can solve a lot of that with just really positive attitude and really great energy and i think people are starting to embrace that and I'm really confident we're gonna be able to get some things done here.
1: Most recently before becoming Marshall's new athletic director, you were at Pittsburgh, WDAD there. Uh, what previous experiences, maybe made mainly just Pitt or even the other stops throughout your college journey helped you kind of realize you were ready to take this step forward and become an athletic
2: director? You know, I was really fortunate early in my career to have an athletic director exit, uh, the institution that I was serving. At Northern Illinois, uh, our athletic director, we went to the Orange Bowl. And the AD, Jeff Coffer, got recruited away to go to East Carolina, and I spent six months as the interim athletic director, making quite a few decisions. And that was really important and impactful for my preparedness. And then Heather got the pit job, and I spent three months at Eastern as the interim athletic director. So, you know, I almost had a year under my belt mm-hmm. um, understanding what it was going to be like, and so I, that, that has served me really well.
3: When you talk about being the full-time 80 for the first time, you know you came into this job. There was a lot of turmoil. You know, the, the conference you say something about thing. You inherited that day one. That did get settled after you started. But what how, wh- was your priority day one? Like, let's let's put out the biggest flame first. Let's try to get this result. But also, you had a baseball team. Yeah. The night before you got officially started, was out tweeting, complaining about their facilities. Yeah. How was day one inheriting that situation? Because it was an interesting dynamic between you starting and then it's there a problem starting to pop up everywhere
2: right yeah it, everywhere you look there's a, a fun little issue to manage right and you know the conference realignment was justin you're spot on i mean we were in the thick of it right at that point i, I just had this overwhelming confidence that the people who had been managing it from the start jeff o'malley our president or general counsel's office that it would end up in a good place right the it's those things can go sideways but it didn't and it didn't because there's too much goodwill in college athletics for it to become something other than it, what has happened, a really exit grace, a gracious exit out of conference USA into the Sunbelt. And now we're full fledged members. So that got managed at a really high level. And I knew it would, I just had the sense that it would, the baseball stadium is a little bit more complex. It just is, there's just been a lot of iterations, a lot of conversations, a lot of time put into multiple sites. Um, a transition in leadership uh, both at the president's level and at the board level and at the athletic director level. Um, So now we're sort of regrouping and finding what is the best alternative for us. We've done a lot of due diligence on that, Justin. And when we are ready to present something formally to the board, we will. Uh, And I'm confident they'll respect the due diligence we did, and, and we'll get moving on that really quickly.
1: Before we kind of ask you a little bit about the the Sun Belt, the baseball field, all those kind of logistical things, did that scare you when you were interviewing for this job? Because you probably had heard the news, okay, Marshall's going to the Sun Belt. Did, Did you have any fear of, you know, am I ready to take on all of this because there is so much going on? And when you sometimes have a new athletic director take over, you don't always have so much thrown on one plate at one time.
2: Yeah. You, you know what? I'm, I'm so energized by solving problems. That's just what I like to do for whatever reason, the way I'm wired is give me something that needs to be remedied and let me go out and try to find the remedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just love that part of the job. So it's rare to be energized by, by decision-making and problems and things to be that need to be solved. Um, but I get to curious really quick, try to figure out what the right thing to do is and then make a decision and go. Right, and, and it, t- it tends to be effective.
3: Let's start off with the Sunbelt Conference with logistics. Yeah, That's now finalized. It's July 1st, the first day. The Sunbelt Conference came in last week, had an orientation visit. Just overall, what has been the initial relationship with you, starting to build a relationship with Keith Gill, leadership in the Sunbelt Conference, and how, in that meeting last week?
2: Yeah, I was super fortunate to have known Keith throughout my career and, and gotten to know him pretty well over the years. He was unable to attend the meeting. Uh, but him and I have talked a, a number of different times on the phone via text. And we're gonna see each other on the uh, on the circuit that happens during the summer when we go to conventions and conferences. Uh, so I look forward to those conversations. They're so excited to have Marshall in that league. I think our profile enhances the Sunbelt significantly. This is a great institution in a great location with really good student athletes that perform in the classroom and when you put that dynamic into their league, we make them better. And and I think they're thrilled to have Marshall in the league. So it couldn't have gone better.
1: How important was it for the Sunbelt to put a bigger focus on soccer? Because of what the men's soccer team has been able to do here, win the national championship, Mm -hmm. have another really good year this past year. How important was it obviously for the Sunbelt to say, hey, we're gonna try to get some members from CUSA, we're forming our new league again because of, of men's soccer success and, and that sort of
2: thing. Yeah, did you see the league that got put together? Oh, I mean, gosh. it is a gauntlet. That is an unbelievable soccer league. And honestly, we, we have to take a lot of credit for that, right? I know Coach Grassy's not going to do that, but the program that he has built here, the relationships he has with those other schools allowed us to go recruit, arguably the best soccer conference in the country. You know what? We have the best soccer conference in the country, right? In yep. the Sunbelt. Let's just go ahead and say it. And, and a lot of that happened because of Marshall. And because of Coach Grassy, and because of our national title.
3: Let me ask you this: How much were you on the phone? You know, you talk, you, give, you talk about Marshall was the driving force. How much were you, as the athletic director, on the phone calling West Virginia, calling South Carolina, mm-hmm. calling Kentucky?
2: Yeah, the coaches have such good relationships with each other; they know what the soccer community needs better than the athletic directors, better than the conferences. You know, look at our spring season that that Coach Grassy put together. What a great concept! Where we went to Columbus a few days ago and won a mm-hmm. spring season. Almost as if we were in, you know, Europe, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a part of a club, right? What a unique concept and idea that he put together against schools like Ohio State and, and Kentucky, and, and here we are coming out on top of that too. The relationships in the soccer community established that league, not the ads, not the conference.
1: What excites you the most about this move? Obviously, first year. It's a perfect kind of fitting for you to come to this school in Marshall, moving to a new conference, so it's a couple of firsts here. What excites you the most about
2: this move? Yeah, I'm so energized by our football schedule, right? I think the league uh, looked at you know, what are gonna be the best matchups, and where do we wanna have those? And they chose Marshall. Yeah, we're playing Appalachian State at home. We're playing Coastal Carolina at home. We're playing Louisiana at home. Those schools have been ranked in the top 25 over the last three years. You guys know this, I don't mm-hmm. have to tell you. And they're playing at our place. That's intentional. Uh, so what that says to me is the league is thrilled to have us and, and I'm energized by that.
3: Well, let's talk about scheduling. I know you've talked to on other programs that your philosophy on non-conference scheduling, Yeah. the schedule is kind of right now a little bit locked and loaded to about 2027, maybe a yeah. couple games with army down the road in 2030. Yeah. When it's the Christian Spears schedule, when, when you get to sit there on AD calls, you say, We want to play you on this day. What is your philosophy when, when it's going to come to scheduling?
2: Yeah, I love how you do your homework. You're, you're so right. <laughs> I, I don't get to schedule a game. It's got to be on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't get to schedule a game until 27. You, you know, unique things happen in the world in college of college football, right? Uh, they call you and ask for changes. So there's a chance that I can have an impact with our team uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, but the reality is I won't get to schedule a game till 28. And I'll say this a lot. I want to go to – I want to play a non-conference schedule where when we visit them, we're going to play in a destination location. And I want to win that game, right? Um, let's see a home-and-home home against San Diego State. Now, it might not make a lot of sense, but if I can bring a group of herd fans to San Diego and we can go beat San Diego in a brand-new stadium – that's going to be a lot of fun for us. I'd love to schedule a game like that, right? Now, whether or not Coach Huff agrees, we're going to have to have that conversation, but you get the point.
1: Yep.
2: Um, if Coastal Carolina wasn't in our league, I'd be scheduling them. Let's go to Myrtle Beach. Let's beat Coastal Carolina on national TV, and, and let's bring some folks with us and enjoy that experience, right? So that's always going to be my non-conference scheduling uh, philosophy. Destination location, winnable ball game.
3: Let me ask you this about on, on scheduling. The original schedules came out. There were some Sunbelt opponents that were on the original schedule before Marshall moved. Yeah. So you're going to have some open dates to fill. Is your logic as of now, because, again, this is an all-contract business stuff and contracts, how reasonable is it going to be to get FBS opponents within a two-to-three-year period to kind of fill in those dates by an app state, maybe in 27, 29, off a of home-and-home? Yeah. How are you going to try to fill those games and... and
2: it's a really unique process because so many of those teams have already scheduled, Justin. You know you know that. right? They're already scheduled out. So we're left with football championship subdivision opponents. And if we already have one scheduled, we can't play two in the same year, you know that too. Uh, so it's a unique equation that we have to solve. And it might require teams moving around and, and some management of the overall schedule. Uh, I don't have all those answers yet. Another criteria and factor that we could look at is, do we want to go play somebody for a, for a large financial? We're going to Notre Dame, I'll, I'll be transparent, for $1.5 million, right? Now, September 10th, we're going to go to Notre Dame. I think we have a chance to win that game. I do. I think Coach Huff thinks that. And They're giving us a $1.5 million check, and I'm going to get to host some great folks at Notre Dame, a bucket list game, mm-hmm. right? Do we want to do that again? not at Notre Dame necessarily, but another blue blood out there in college football, and and show them what it means to be at Marshall, and see if we can come away with a win and a financial. Uh, So that's factoring in for me too, and we haven't done that very much. I know you know that, Justin. We haven't played game guarantees very often.
1: I want to ask you more about the job. Now obviously 38 days in, uh, what has been the biggest learning curve for you? I asked you about the transition process, but you're the head man. You're the lead guy here. What have you learned the most over the next 38
2: days that maybe could help you over the next 38? Yeah, no, there's a process here for almost everything, right? There's an established way of doing business. And, you know, I tend to be someone who thinks of an idea and gets excited about it and tries to rally and inspire people to want to do it. And then I'm looking to implement it. And though there's a process and you have to take the steps and manage those protocols and those precedents that have been established. And so for me, it's really trying to get my idea and influence and implementation plan aligned with the process that's here at Marshall. Mm -hmm. And every college and university has a different way of doing business. They just do Um, and Marshall's no different. Uh, So as soon as I learn those things, we're going to hit this ground running really quickly.
3: Let's get to the other show on your desk. I know you've heard a lot about the baseball stadium. Yeah. There's a site that was supposed to be built by now, 2021, not built. Right. Yet players already kind of complaining. There's been multiple games this year postponed due to darkness. Yeah. AE O you said came in the first week. You guys looked at the sites. What's kind of like your timeline with regards to kind of getting something finalized for a stadium?
2: As soon as humanly possible. We're going to talk about it a little bit uh, in the board meeting tomorrow and. There's just steps that we have to take. There's just a lot involved in it. There's purchasing of land, there's site configurations, there's understanding at, at whether or not there's any demolition involved. There's just a lot involved in the process and those approvals and the gun construction timelines. Um, so I wish I could give like an accurate, hey, in 26 months, we're gonna be playing ball. I just yeah. can't do that yet. Um, but I'm so close to it. And Brad and I are pushing every day to figure that out. Uh, And we're ready to go, we will be ready to go. Um, We just have to make sure it costs what they're telling us it's gonna cost. And it fits in the site that we choose. And the board is on on board with us uh, with that decision.
1: I know you said there's a lot of steps there, which ones are the main ones that maybe could be the most challenging for you guys to get to those steps, to complete those steps to be like, okay, we're right where we wanna be now to get things accomplished.
2: Uh, you know materials the architects the time frame the construction management of it all that really is the biggest challenge and I think the partnership with the city is going amazing Uh, I think um, you know the design that we have is going to be quite good Uh, I think the synergies with the sites that we have options on are both good and and can do something really uh, quite nicely for us it's just uh, how do you make the thing and and what materials do you choose and are they going to be available and can you do it in 24 to 36 months. Yeah.
1: Does this process get sped up at all because of the transition to the Sun Belt Conference? I think the Sun has got a pretty good baseball conference as well with some good facilities. So, does they, do things get sped up a little bit more, or are they the same if you would have stayed in Conference USA? Yeah, no.
2: Our sense of urgency to get this done has nothing to do with conference realignment at all. This this is such a real issue for every single person at this university to get this baseball stadium done. Um, Now, when we go to those venues in the Sunbelt, we're going to see some really great ball ball stadiums, stadiums, right? Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, we've got to look at alternatives, right? We've got to look at better ways to serve at our current location. Maybe that means um, adding temporary lights at that site for the next year or two while we're getting the baseball project underway. So we don't have games called because of lights. Maybe that means playing in unique locations, right, Um, on certain days of the week. To give our ball club an opportunity to play in a nicer venue mm-hmm. right that that has some amenities that they they want to see um, so we're going to be looking at those options over the next two years while we get the baseball stadium built a- and i think it'll elevate the the program and give those kids a sense of pride um, but our focus is not going to waver from building our baseball stadium
3: yep. let's get to another issue attendance and, and fan engagement i know you talked about in your opening press conference about a fan engagement committee yeah we're seeing that already with social media with the, the, new, the design of the new turf. Yeah. What is your overall plan to get the fans engaged because you, you look here and you look at that stadium in the fall doesn't really get packed. It kind of there, there's a lot of empty room. What is the Christian Spears and the marketing team's plan to kind of increase the attendance and increase the fan engagement?
2: Yeah, you're, you're hitting on all of them. So the fan engagement uh, committee application process. I think we'll get that done sometime in the middle of June and start soliciting for people to join us. I'll probably pick 25 folks to be on that committee, and then we'll solicit them for their best ideas. Right? That's that's going to be a part of the process. We're going to be bannering the entire state. We're going to beautify the heck out of the Joan. And people, when you drive back and forth on our street systems the way that they are configured, you're going to see our football stadium bright and shiny and looking for you to join us at the Joan on a lot of different occasions. Obviously, the the, the new field is a bit. That was all by design right let's show the public let's get their feedback and let's get them excited about seeing it when it goes down for the first game right uh, this fall and i am going to make some changes to those field designs based on that fan feedback and, and hopefully that'll resonate and people will, will be encouraged to attend because we took their feedback uh, we're looking at different configurations in the seating sections to try to make them more fun and user-friendly um, you know, it's not about price, I don't think. I think we're priced right. I think it's just about engaging them at a higher level in the game. Uh, looking at a new video board, you know, I've been very vocal about that as well. Um, trying to find a way to engage fans at a higher level. Like, let's build the man cave outside with a giant video board, right? Let's have some fun with that. So lots of different ways to go about it, and, and those are the initial ones.
3: We talk about the overall, I know the baseball stadium's top priority, but the football stadium, how big is the Sun Belt? Is a part of this, like, if it, like how big is this rank schedule? You mentioned this is a loaded home schedule for the fans. Yeah. How big is the urgency to get this done before the fall before the home schedule is the best it's been in, some people say, over a couple decades?
2: Yeah, it's critical, right? We have a chance to make a splash in this league. Uh, I love how our schedule lines up. You know, like let's do something in the non-conference before we even get to the conference season. Let's get fans excited about a winning program immediately Um, Gosh, I'm hoping for something special to happen at Notre Dame and we come back here with just a ton of energy and excitement. Um, It's critically important, right? Because we want to be the TV vehicle for the Sun Belt. And I think they've chosen us that as that by who they scheduled us at home. Um, And I'm hoping that that can continue, that they see us as that program to highlight. And if that happens, our fans are going to be even more interested in attending in person.
1: I want to ask you something that involves a little bit of a rivalry Uh, between Marshall and West Virginia. I know West Virginia and Pitt have renewed that rivalry of the backyard brawl in football. Do you see that same dynamic with Marshall and West Virginia that Pitt maybe saw with West Virginia or West Virginia saw with Pitt? Do you see that same dynamic, and is it something that you would want to get back in terms of maybe playing them in football, basketball, and all other sports on the regular?
2: I would do any series in any sport. With West Virginia i'm open to any opportunity there to to play them in any aspect of our athletic program we play in a lot of different things now everyone wants us to play in football and basketball right Uh, you know someone told me about the capital city game that we used to have Mm -hmm. what a great idea that is gosh during the the sessions that are held in Charleston why can't that come back it's it's on my list Uh, reach out to Shane and ask him to revitalize that series uh, when i was with the senators just the other day i mentioned how important i thought that was for us to come back together and they did too <laughs> they thought it would be a yeah. great idea for marshall and and west virginia to play again and so maybe we can accomplish those things sooner rather than later uh, it's anytime, any place a marshall program will play west virginia
3: so talk about that process of, of the scheduling is that the initial stu- initial talks of like with you and Shane lines of the idiot West Virginia. What's like the timeline on those talks as of now?
2: Um, yeah, he doesn't know it's coming yet. Uh, we haven't <laughs> had the chance. He sent me a text congratulating me. He doesn't know yet how much I, I want to play them. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'll get to him. It you know, he um, he's a friend and, and someone that uh, I think will be open minded and listen and it's just about timing. Right. When can you do it? You and I both talked about yeah. how long it takes to schedule a football game. Yeah. Um, and it was a long time coming, putting the Pitt-West Virginia deal together, so that took time too, right? So I understand that, and, and we've had a nice dialogue over the years. So confident we can get something done, though.
1: Three really not crucial words, but words that are talked about a lot now are name, image, and likeness, and now in college athletics. Uh, what is your view on that and the importance it plays, and how can Marshall continue to take advantage of that?
2: Yeah, it's here to stay is what I keep telling everyone. Here we are, right? So a lot of people just don't like the philosophy behind it, right? It it feels like, gosh, the athletic scholarship is a pretty special instrument, right? Um, I I tell people a lot. It's the the second greatest thing we've done um, for education other than the GI Bill, right? Mm -hmm. The GI Bill was pretty special. Uh, and, And an athletic scholarship feels the same way. Uh, But here we are in a 21st century model where there's just this expectation that I should be able to benefit from my name, image, and likeness. So how do I do that? And I don't disagree with that. I do think a student athlete should be able to benefit. I think you should be able to benefit from your name, image, and likeness, right? So why wouldn't I feel the same way Mm -hmm. about a student athlete? Uh, So we've got to develop uh, a set of folks that are going to help invest in that, understand uh, how to connect that to community agencies in a way that... uh, Uh, complies with the NCAA. Uh, West Virginia doesn't have any laws as of now. So we're in a unique situation where we can decide and do uh, provided that we're in line with what the NCAA has prescribed. Uh, So I'm interested in getting involved in that at a high level and and helping our student athletes realize uh, that their brand is special. And
1: to follow up on that, uh, how important are facilities but also making Huntington an attractive area to keep student-athletes here, bring student-athletes in to say, hey, you know, we've got some really good deals and not lose uh, student-athletes that maybe come here or you recruit here to better NIL deals. How do you keep them and how important are those facilities to where, okay, you know, I can still make a good bit of money while playing at a university
2: I like to play yeah. for? Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, you know what I actually talk about? I don't talk about name image likeness with them, and I don't talk about the money that they can make in this community. What I talk about is Huntington is gonna transform you. Marshall's gonna transform you. You're gonna have an experience here that you'll never forget. And meet these former student athletes that love this place, right? And and have been impacted by it holistically. Um, if you want a transaction, go someplace else. If you wanna be transformed, come to Marshall, right? And it, it tends to resonate, right? Yep. It's not going to resonate with everyone, but the kid that it resonates with is probably the right fit for us. Uh, so I think I'll keep doing that, uh, but I do want them to have opportunities. So I will ask our community to help. I will. What's
3: up with the transfer portal? That's another. Yeah. That's that's another issue in college athletics, and you now there's over a thousand athletes in the portal. Yeah. For men's basketball and, and women's basketball combined, what is the strategy for Marshall in the portal? Because it seems like a lot of times players leave Marshall. Not the portal's not really been really open to Marshall, at least in basketball, football, maybe a little more open with this coaching staff. What is your philosophy as the athletic direct, director to the coaches with regard to the portal?
2: Yeah, you've got to figure out what's in the best interest of your program as it relates to the transfer portal, right? Um, we have to be really selective. You're letting somebody into our community that's leaving another community, and and there's a reason they're leaving it. What's the reason? What are they really trying to accomplish? Why are they choosing to transfer when we accept someone from the transfer portal or we recruit someone from the transfer portal? They have to be coming to Marshall for the right reasons. And, and coach, I will support whatever your philosophy is. Coaches make decisions on who they want to be on their staff and who they want to recruit. Those are their decisions. I will help them uh, if they ask for it, but those are their decisions. So I'm going to support their philosophy and then I'm going to hold them accountable for it, right? If we don't like the outcomes in terms of the kind of person that comes into our program, the success our program has or the connection they make to the community. And and that's okay for our coaches. They get that and they respect that. Um, and and I think it'll help us. I don't want kids to leave here on, on our side. I want kids to love their experience here. I want them to commit to being at Marshall. I think if we can keep a kid here for four or five years, not only can we win, but we can make them unbelievable people and push them out into the community. So I would hope that we use the transfer portal as a vehicle to augment our special programs and not participate by sending kids yeah. in through it, right? Yeah. So that's, that's what I hope happens. Well, we'll see how it
1: turns out. Final question, and then unless Justin has anything else. Uh, any big picture projects 10 years, five to 10 years down the road? Obviously, the baseball field is maybe one of the more important ones. But anything big picture wise when you got here, hey, I want to do this. I want to accomplish this before my time maybe comes to an end here.
2: Yeah, so for me, it's all about connecting with this campus, right? This community, a lot of times athletic departments and the academy are perceived as separate. I don't want that to be the case here. I want Marshall to be so embedded in Marshall, Marshall athletics, to be so embedded in the Marshall university that that people see how connected, how much collaboration we have uh, and how holistically we are involved. And that this community wants us both to be great, wants Marshall to succeed. Uh, and that's exactly what I want for the athletic program. Uh, so I think we can do that, I really do. And, and over the next five or 10 years, you're gonna see us be a meaningful part of what it means to be at Marshall, right? The experience in collegiate athletics should benefit the entire academy and all of our students, and I hope that's what happens
3: i'll wrap up on this i know you have this green and white game this saturday yeah how big is that for you it's like your first real chance other than your press conference to really meet the marshall community is there anything that you really want to do on Saturday when you're out, getting
2: to see the community for the first time. Yeah, well, you know what everyone's been telling me, I have to visit all these different tailgates. Is it really, Justin? Is it really that kind of we, experience? We, we
3: don't even walk up to the booth. We're normally not in the tailgating lot right yeah. before the game.
2: <laughs> no, I literally have like 30 invites to like tailgates. Right? So I will be walking the parking lots is my understanding. People just get after it in different spots all over the area uh, and getting to meet people where they're at and hopefully enjoying their company. and. And some food and some drink, and and I'm looking forward to that. Marshall Athletics
1: Director Christian Spears. Mr. Spears, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Yeah,
2: you guys are great. I appreciate what you're doing, and and let's uh, let's stay connected. We can do this whenever you guys want. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you.
1: All the best. All right, that was Sports View Final Edition this spring semester. I'm Andrew Rogers, Justin Zimmer, and Christian Spears here with us on the program. Stay tuned. Sports Buzz is next.
0: Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sports View. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1. The student broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington.